You're listening to DraftKings Network. So there's a connection somewhere that I'm still looking for, but I'll find it by the end of the season. Take two weeks to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Contemplate it at the same time. See who can come to an answer quicker. Come on. Two weeks. Hey, everybody. This is Allison Lucan. Welcome back to Too Many Men, y'all. We are back. Hockey is almost back in full force. So we can't leave you hanging. We are so excited and happy to be back with you for this full season as part of the Meadowlark and Draft Kings family. And so I would be remiss if I didn't introduce the brains behind it all, the creative master, the genius with the vision and the idea and execution to make this show a reality, the tremendous unparalleled Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you today? I am fantastic. I have the chills. I'm nervous. I'm crying. I'm shaking. I'm throwing up. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. (laughs) Boy, that sounds enjoyable. Yeah, Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm having so much fun. (laughs) And of course, we are not too many men without the smartest person when it comes to understanding the cap and the financial workings of the hockey world, the smartest person when it comes to understanding women's hockey at all levels across the world, and the smartest person when it comes to turning analytics into stories you want to read. Never mind, she's the sweetest person you'll ever meet. Shayna, Shayna Goldman, say hi. Hi, I feel welcome back. I got to hear your countdown. I got complimented like I'm on cloud nine. Nine? Yes, nine? it's yeah. nine. Correct. Good job. Good job. No sweats, no no headaches, no. You're good. We all experience joy in different ways. Okay. As I said, we are so happy to be back for another season. We've got some updates, some things we want to share. And the first thing, y'all saw the news. Sarah Sivian is moving on to a new and exciting phase in her life. Sarah, what has been going on for you? A lot. Um, obviously, I left the athletic and I'm now doing a few things with the main focus on this podcast because I truly believe in it and I love it and I love you all and I am contributing to Bleacher Report and there might be a few surprises along the way but I am really excited about kind of the vision Bleacher Report Open Ice has um, they are letting me do my thing um, I when I thought about the why I left the athletic thing and why like we I wanted to it to be like a YouTube thing where it would be like I'd get so many clicks and views when we talk about it just because I want the podcast to get all those views, baby, <laughs> off my misery. But no. Um I don't even really know what to say. You know, I, I feel like creative differences is the best way to put it. <laughs> I I saw a quote the other day that says, go not just where you're tolerated, but where you're wanted. And it reminded me of a few people I've had conversations with at Meadowlark here where they kind of want more of me. I remember a conversation I had with somebody at The Athletic a few years ago. I don't think he understood how much it affected me, but he said about my Twitter presence that I'm up here and I need to be like right here. And I don't know how to do that. I, I'm either going to be at the ground or on like hanging off the ceiling because I'm very excited. And the more I've learned about myself and started to trust myself and my convictions and things in this life, I've realized that it's okay to be who I am. I can be up there if I want to. And there are people that believe in that and 
want that and not just tolerate it in spite of it. They want that about me. So there's a few, I, I feel way more, it's been back and forth for a few months where it's kind of, oh, should I take this leap and believe in myself? But I've had a few conversations with people that I look up to in this industry and everything. And I think I made the right choice. I mean, I, I think you made the right choice. And I mean, I've said this on Twitter. I'll say this 20 times to Sunday. Like, if you're not reading Sarah, if you haven't read Sarah, you're missing out on one of the freshest and most creative voices that there is in writing, period, let alone in hockey. And every time I read your stuff, I'm entertained. I'm touched in some sort of emotional way, whether it's humor or serious. And then you always like have this little, it's perfect. Like you sneak in, I'm like, well, shit, I just learned like five new things. So I think anyone who is lucky enough to keep you on their team should be very, very thankful. And I'm just thrilled that we get to keep seeing your work. Shana, I know you agree with me. Absolutely. More sour work all day, every day. You know, you're one of my favorite writers around. And I don't just say it because we're friends and we're on this podcast, but it's it's like the perfect blend. Like Allison said, like there's humor in it, but you're learning something and you have a great perspective of how you look at the game and you catch things. And it's it's so interesting for the two of us to you like we do the live game watches and we're looking at it one way because we're such nerds. And I love you know, you have a completely different perspective and you bring something and we both look at it and go, that's a really good way to think about it. So I think anytime someone makes you think like that, it's a good thing. And there's so much creativity. So, you know, you're bigger than one place, you're bigger than one platform and you're going to crush it wherever you go, whatever you do. And you have your two biggest cheerleaders right here. So we're thrilled for you with whatever you do. And don't forget, this is the woman who literally said to us during the game watch, no one cares about zone entries. <laughs> <laughs> But Sarah, I did, I did put this on Twitter yesterday too because I was thinking about this and I was like, please Sarah, breaking news here. Well, it's already on Twitter, but breaking news here. <laughs> One of your most innovative ideas, something you started, you created, please tell us that the NHL style ranking, well, the hockey, I should say, style rankings mm -hmm. will continue under your byline. They're not just continuing. It was one of the main things we wanted to do at Bleacher Report and we want to expand it. And they have kind of the the means to get players in on it and have it be like this fun TikTok thing, which I also like, I don't, I'm kind of making that up as I go. I have a lot of ideas that they want to hear me out on about it. And it's like, I think I needed this opportunity for myself to kind of force myself to sink or swim so I can actually give my fight. Like I don't, I'm not going to mail anything in and I love where we're going with the style rankings already. So stay tuned for that. Amazing. Shayna, in the segment I'm suddenly calling, how was your summer? What have you been up to? You know, writing things. I worked a lot this summer. Um, I didn't distribute my time as well as I would have, could have, or should have, but um, what is new? Um, I am not writing at Sportsnet this season. My contract's up there, but I did love doing it and I'm still writing at The Athletic and hopefully I'll be doing a bunch of different things and I'm keeping up with my fantasy column because we love fantasy trends and hidden gems. Because you why? Know. Wait a minute, because we, we have an award? What? What's this? We do have an award. What is that award? award? What is your award? Fantasy Hockey Writer of the Year, I think. Oh, hmm. okay, go ahead. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's I, you. That's, that's <laughs> that we're in the presence of her. Um, her, her, her. She. <laughs> it's me. It's you. And now, um, you know, I dyed my hair a bunch of times. I've crafted a bunch of shit, things like that. I've taken apart my whole closet, ripped apart all my clothes, and re put them back together and looking new. So, you know, we're just uh, 
doing things over here. I'll take a break eventually. Mm-hmm. You let mm -hmm. us know when that happens. We'll be happy to hear. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a real vacation, and I'm going to do this crazy thing called decorating a brand new house that I bought. So that's yay. What I'm doing. Awesome, awesome. He's on the record with that. And Allison, on where in the, the world are you? Well, I'm, I'm actually in the past. You guys are in the future. I'm in the past. It's I'm behind you now because I'm in Pacific time all the time I'm out in Seattle working full time with the Kraken this year. So that will be exciting. We'll see where we go. Can't wait. Uh, back to your point, Sarah, that, that as much as I was about to tease you for like being in a Hallmark store, that saying <laughs> resonated with me too. It's <laughs> It's great to be somewhere where you're appreciated and not just tolerated and it makes all the difference. So very, very much continued love to my Seattle Kraken and Root Sports families for, for keeping me around for one more year. <laughs> Please, um, you are yeah. like, they, amazing. how could they not? Yeah, well, you never know, you never and know. And we selfishly love that you're on Pacific Time because how many times, Allison, were you getting up at like five in the morning and you'd respond to a group chat that you fell asleep to and like, we're still up? It always, I must <laughs> say, it was always, always a joy because I'd wake up sometimes and like, there'd be like 40 texts and I was like, <laughs> Well, this is a journey. This is a journey. But no, yes, yes. We are now actually probably all on the same time zone for once. It's a nice little change. Well, we had eventful summers. And even though summer is almost over, there is some other... Is it actually over? Well, I mean, hockey is happening and it is September and school's in session. No, so, I mean, like it's September like 21st. Tomorrow, it's over. Right? It's past the summer solstice. Is it not? Yes. Is it? Does the summer end... The 20th and the 21st is officially fall, or does summer end on the 21st? Shana, I don't we were know. debating it's, this yesterday, so like I'm, I figured you would know. It's fall. Okay. Sarah, which is fall? It's pumpkin spice season officially. <laughs> there, there, that's the true yeah, denominator. Yes, yes, so it is fall. Anyway. Anyway. People are having, who are having a good fall include Nathan McKinnon, who just signed now and the numbers are great shana we're going to have you break down the, the nuance of these numbers it is a contract extension that begins next season for eight years 100.8 million 12.6 million cap hit every year shana those numbers make nathan mckinnon the highest paid player aav wise if i'm not mistaken in the league when this extension kicks in. But there's also a little bit of hidden meaning to that. Talk us through what happened. Nathan McKinnon is 2-0 in the Mick matchup in the last couple months. First he, <laughs> first, he kicked the crap out of the Oilers and knocked Connor McDavid out of the postseason. We knew he could do it. We knew Nate could do it. We were trying to get Connor to do it, and Connor fell short to, to McKinnon. You know, he won a Stanley Cup, had a couple carbs, and now he's making $100,000 more on average a year, and I love it. He's still underpaid because I think it's based on 2021-22 salaries, if I remember right, the average salary for an elite first-line center. So you have to be at that level. This isn't just any first-line center, and it doesn't include entry-level deals, was like $9.5 but the actual market value was closer to 13.5. and McKinnon is outright an elite center, one of the best players in the league. So he's underpaid, but he's getting his, sign his signing bonuses, so that's like... A nice benefit. If anyone would like anyone would like to underpay me at those numbers, I will happily <laughs> yeah. sign you even your notice, contract. Like, do you notice if someone goes, "I'll pay eleven million versus 13 At that point, like, who's to sure. say? Who cares? Sarah, you're, we we did do a game watch during the Stanley Cup final. I know all three of us watched through the playoffs. Your take on this deal? I just love that he's beating out noted villain Connor McDavid by like a hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. Just, just exactly. enough. We're here and for I'm, it. I'm sure that's not crossing his mind at all, but. He's like the Robin Hood right now to me. 
We'll I mean, get into come on. Connor McDavid later in the episode, but are you being serious? Do you think it really didn't cross his mind? I think it did. I hope it did. I hope <laughs> it did. I hope it did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, continuing on, we're now into Sarah's favorite. We need a sound <laughs> noise here, and and we, we we do we must pause and acknowledge we have a wonderful producer on board who's going to help this show just go to the next level, Jeremy Taché, who we love to say his name. We need a little sound here, a little sound to go with Sarah's favorite segment, which is... Middle news! <laughs> da 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 Or, like, Irish step dancing. Uh, the first bit of news uh, actually comes from the Seattle Kraken organization, um, something that I think there are a few times when all of hockey Twitter rises up in total agreement and celebration. And this was one of those times where Alexandra Mandrecki, who was actually one of the very first employees hired by the Seattle Kraken, even before they had a GM, even before they had a coach, even before they had a single player, has officially been promoted to assistant general manager. She is the sixth woman to take on that title in the NHL. This woman has been a mentor, a role model to me since I first met her many, many moons ago at the Rochester Hockey Analytics Conference. And we went to the very first NWHL game ever in history in Buffalo together. Um, but she is just a shining star. She does so many things right. She is so invested in doing her work to the best of her ability, building the best team, building the best team of people for her. I just, I'm, I could not say enough good things uh, Sarah, when you heard this news, I know our little chat group went crazy. Uh, what were your thoughts when we saw Alex finally got a title that she deserves? I think her statement said a lot about how the Kraken kind of value the right people. I don't like she is going where she's wanted, which is a big theme. I thought I was expecting less than six women to be in the AGM position. So I was like, wow, we're kind of slowly but surely coming a long way. Um, she's deserved this forever. She is a genius, but she's also a great person in general. Um, I think she's the perfect person for a role like this. You know what I mean? I'm excited to see what she's going to do with this. Shayna? I think this is great. Um, it's Yeah, like this has been a great summer for women in front offices and it's about damn time. And you always see those comments like, how is this person qualified? Well, if she actually deserves the job and this is someone who wholeheartedly deser deserves the job. And I think today the theme is being where you're valued and where you're appreciated. And it's nice to see how much she is in Seattle. But it's good to have a, like a data-driven, you know, someone with that in innovative you know, line of thinking in a front office and not just be in the analytics department, but to have a seat at the table. It's something that each time I've talked to people who work in front offices, they say that's the next step because when you have someone at that assistant general manager level, it's it's a big moment for anyone who works in data really because you know, your opinion's being heard. It's 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 a part of the whole process and that'll trickle down the whole organization. So she joins a handful of others like Josh Flynn in Columbus and Eric Tolsky in Carolina, Chris Snow in Calgary, like it's becoming more prevalent in hockey and hockey's obviously, you know, behind the other sports, but it's, it's a big step. So, you know, it's trending up, the chart keeps growing and we love that. And I would actually recommend to um, my friends here in Seattle, they run a show called Sound of Hockey and they had an interview with her and it's really honestly one of the best ones I've heard, particularly her ability. You know, Shana, you talk about using data and I think we're past the biggest debates about, you know, watch the game nerd stuff, but Alex's ability to express the role of data with every other kind of information and the way that her team and the front office in Seattle thinks about using data as part of the puzzle 
is one of the most informative conversations I think I've ever heard and so eloquently explains how teams are trying to use data. It's not this us or them mentality. So um, Sound of Hockey interview with Alex Mandrecki, I would highly recommend checking that out. Can I say something? Yes, you can. <laughs> it's in my podcast. Um, I, I think every woman in analytics that I know is absolutely brilliant because they can actually, they don't try to sound smart and they just are naturally brilliant. And part of being smart is being able to communicate and convey something. And I feel like that's just like so represented in hockey with women in analytics where it's like they all have that one thing about them. Like, yes, they are analytics geniuses behind the scenes when it just pertains to them coding in their base. I don't know what they, what, how that goes down, but they can also explain it to the public and are willing to do so. And I feel like that is such an invaluable trait. And I just see it so much with women in analytics. So hats off to you guys. You gals. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Um, we also have some other good news involving women in hockey. Um, and on Wednesday, uh, some very important news broke uh, regarding Soroya Tinker, who, um, Shana, you, as I mentioned at our open, are just, you're my go-to for women's hockey at all level, anywhere, anything that's happening. You're so in touch with the resources, the right people covering the actual play, the players, the games. Talk us through what happened with Soroya today and what it really has to do with not just her beyond the ice, but also the significance in the in the space of women's hockey. So today it was announced that uh, Soroya Tinker is partnering up with uh, Sherwood and it's the first uh, deal of its kind for Sherwood. They've never worked with a PHF player and they've never worked with a player who's, you know, a non-national team player. So it's exciting to see because we know the Hillary Knights of the world and you know, the Brianna Deckers are going to get these big time deals as they absolutely should. But to see it, you know, trickle down now to the leagues, to the PHF, it's a big deal. And, you know, it's breaking a barrier in women's hockey. And if anybody's going to do that, Soroya Tinker, who does so much for the whole hockey community, it's not just women's hockey and, you know, making it more inclusive and a more welcoming space. So, you know, if they're going to make this deal with anybody to kick it off, I think she's the absolute perfect person for it. Sherwood's awesome. They sent me a lot of stuff, I think last year, and they sent it with a letter just about how hockey culture needs to change. And it wasn't BS. It was like a whole novel about kind of how we need to be the ones to usher in change. And I love that they're putting their money where their mouth is with this. And Soroy is just an amazing personality. She's hilarious and the perfect person for this. Hey, Sherwood, send Shana and I your stuff, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. Everyone I was shocked. Shit. They sent me, like, sticks. Oh, that's I never right, know what to right, do in that right. situation. Oh, yeah. I'm like, should I post this? Do I? <laughs> I just give my dogs things. I'm like, here. Like, when we got the Bud Light, I'm like, here, dogs, you pose with the picture. The Shana, perhaps that's why you're not getting any more promotional <laughs> materials. <laughs> no. That's an insult. That's, that is an insult to my dogs. They deserve to be well, the I'm just saying, like, better the, than me. The visuals may be better, but, like, just saying, like, I give the things I receive to I my dogs. I don't give them is... to my I lend them to my dogs for a picture. And then I sit down and crack a nice cold Bud Latte with my dogs and have a great <laughs> night. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right, our last bit of news. Uh, Kyle Beach is a name that has been in the news um, for some really shitty stuff that he had no uh, sense deserving and shouldn't have had to be a part of. Had some good news um, come down the way uh, a little bit ago. And Sarah, tell us what is what Kyle Beach is going to be doing in hockey and uh, your thoughts on it. Yeah, per Rick Westhead, Kyle Beach will be an assistant coach this season with Trinity Western University's men's team and Langley, British Columbia. So it's awesome to see him 
he doesn't have all hockey shit. You know what I mean? But he is going to be such a good coach. And I love that he's doing this. And you know that he's going to teach these guys lessons that they have never learned before in this insulated bubble. And there's nobody better to do it. He Again, he doesn't owe us anything, but I'm so glad to see that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I hadn't even really connected that dot till you said it, Sarah. But when we talk about hockey culture needing to change, if this is the man who's coaching these players, like that's so important beyond anything they learn about how to shoot a puck or how to hold a stick or anything like that. And that's huge. That's huge, 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 huge. My friends, unfortunately, it is rarely a too many men episode when we don't have a shit list. This week, we start off the season with a team that seemingly, to quote Shayna in our group chat, said, may actually be vying for the most hated team in the NHL. We're not exactly sure. Um, But the Edmonton Oilers are coming off just a banner week here, my friends. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, Let's go chronologically. And let's start with uh, Connor McDavid, who uh, was at... Vegas, in Vegas, at Vegas, not on the island, not, and you know, at, in Vegas for the NHL, NHLPA media tour. And when asked, this is per Josh Clipperton, on Hockey Canada's scandal-filled summer, uh, his quote was, again, per Josh Clipperton, quote, I'm very proud to be Canadian, very proud to represent Hockey Canada, obviously a situation that is terrible for everybody. Sarah? <laughs> can't wait till I one day meet Connor McDavid and he's just like fuck you <laughs> from day one I'm you tried like, last year you I tried. tried so hard you rooted for him so much yes you we're did. all this rooting is for you, you. <laughs> America's team strikes again yeah I just oh it's so disappointing and other people have put this more eloquently than maybe I will right now but to paraphrase a lot of them on Twitter I've seen for the past week or so just He's had every opportunity to say the right thing. It's not that he's always saying like something that's egregiously wrong, but he's had so many opportunities because the Oilers are a dumpster fire and Hockey Canada's a dumpster fire to comment in a way that would be a leadership role in hockey. You know what I mean? It's very clear that he doesn't want to do that. Like you see LeBron James, you see Colin Kaepernick, you see, I mean, obviously all these people have in common They're not in an insulated society. More on that later. But Connor McDavid, the NHL is never going to be the number one sport because they don't take stands. They don't care. I I think if it was important to him, he would take a stand in his silence. And what he says is very disappointingly loud every time. It hurts me every time. I don't think, I think I can expect it by now, but I still just wish he he would be a little bit better or try to understand a little bit more. And Shayna, maybe you two can like for if our listeners aren't familiar with the whole Hockey Canada scandal. Well, first of all, please do follow the work of Rick Westhead and Katie Strang, who have been doing tremendous work covering these stories and making sure these stories get covered even before the rest of the media picks them up. Shayna, maybe you can give a brief summary of what Hockey Canada is dealing with, how they've responded and then share your thoughts on this situation. So what started as one year's team, uh, you know, one junior's team having um, you know, this massive scandal, the more that comes out and is investigated into it, the more 
that comes out about more scandals. And, you know, it goes from juniors teams to in, you know, this last decade to ones years ago. Then it turns out that there's been a shit ton of them that they knew about or didn't know about. They don't have exact numbers because they don't keep track because I don't know. Are there so many or they don't care? Um, Every way that you like if someone were to write a book and say this is how not to handle it, anything else you do is fine. They would like check the box every single which way. So while I understand you might be proud to put on Hockey Canada's jersey because your mind goes to like good things right now, there are not many good things for many people following it. So it's either Connor McDavid knows how to be bland or bad and there's no in between. And the streak that he's on is like mind blowing because you go back to the Evander Kane comments and you go, well, he was in a bad position. If he says something bad about his teammate, you know, it's it's awkward for him. Okay, sure, move on. Then you go into him probably sleeping on his heated driveway for a week and, you know, because of that whole thing. And he blew up the secret spot then at NHLers love to go, you know, go party and go do whatever in Austin. He blew up that spot. So now everyone's, you know, hates him for that as well. And now you just have shitty comment after shitty comment. Like, I think Cal McCarr had a perfect response, too. And you look at it and you go, that's a young up-and-coming player who gets it. And not for nothing, like, as much as we know he's one of the greatest players in the world right now, like, he doesn't have that same safety net as Connor McDavid yet, you know? What was I'm sorry, I missed that, Shayna. What was it? I pulled it up right now because I wanted to bring it up, too. A-plus, Shayna. He, one of the most telling things that has come out and there's probably still so much stuff that has not come out, but that has come out about the hockey Canada, various scandals is that there is the use of a national equity fund, which parents pay for and is maintained by registration fees by parents to settle uninsured liabilities, including sexual assaults of which there are many. And Kale McCarr had a statement that didn't want me to make me gouge my eyes and ears out. He said, my parents talk about all the fees that they paid Hockey Canada and yada yada for me to be able to play. And then for all of this stuff that came out, I can only imagine the amount of parents that were thinking, oh, this is where my fees are going. It's obviously a very tough look. The identity and the culture definitely needs to be changed. It's just that time. He didn't even say anything where I'm like blown away thinking this guy is like a changer of life, but it's still means a lot. That's all Connor would have to do, and he's not doing it. The bar's on the floor. If we didn't already stand Kale McCarr, I mean, my goodness gracious. Kale McCarr, face of the NHL, knocks out Connor McDavid. It's been decided. McKinnon and McCarr reign supreme. And and I, but I, what, I mean, the content of the comments is obviously beyond, but I think what's frustrating the most is what you said, Sarah, which is that this is a guy who, he know. listen, as he should, Connor McDavid knows his stature in the hockey space. And he knows that people look up to him and that he is a role model and that his face is on, you know, NHL, whatever, video game and this and that and the other thing. It's easy. It would be easier for him to say something challenging than for someone who, for even a Kyle Beach or maybe there, there I'm sure, unfortunately, there are players in this NHL right now who have been party to awful things. And when you don't see the stars of your league stand up and say, hey, we're going to say that that things that happen that aren't right are not right. It's just going to perpetuate. And that's what frustrates me the most is that when you have the opportunity to be bold and to make things better, when you waste the opportunity, that's just what's so frustrating to me about it. Um, But if we weren't already there with Edmonton, then they decided to sign Jake Vertanen to a PTO. So 
Just a little background for those of you who may not remember, uh, Vertanen was with the Canucks and he has been out of the NHL since May of 2021 following sexual assault allegations. Uh, the Canucks bought out his contract that season and while he has, and we want to be very clear, received a not guilty verdict, a civil suit is still ongoing. Um, and of course, we need to remember, we've talked about this on the show, that when we talk about sexual assault, this is one of the crimes that is hardest um, to get a true ruling on and to find punishment um, when a crime has been committed. Um, so a not guilty verdict does not explicitly clear Vertanen. Um, he was in the KHL last season. He had nine goals and 16 points in 36 games. And when asked about the signing, the Oilers general manager Ken Holland said, quote, you've got to believe in the legal system. The jury found him not guilty, but I have to sort out the moral issue in my own mind over the next two weeks. Shayna? Is this a player that is so essential that you do take a risk on him with this kind of uh, history? History, And even if it is, what does this say to you about the actions of the Oilers signing this player? It's not. The Oilers, just by doing this, they don't even need to sign him to a contract. Got worse as on the ice and as humans. That's it. And the fact that he's going, I have to sort this out for two weeks. You didn't have to fucking do it. No one said to you, Sign Jake Vertanen to a fucking PTO. There are thousands of people in this world who can play hockey. And there are so many who can play at an NHL caliber, whether they're in the AHL right now, they're free agents, or you could trade for a depth player or get one off waivers. You did not have to do this. You made a decision because you want to give a player some fucking redemption arc that they haven't deserved, which you have to earn. He did not do that. And now you're, you have to sort it out. Don't fucking do it. It's This is not hard. It blows my mind like when teams are willing to do it, especially for shitty players. This is not someone who's a good hockey player that you should want on your team. He wasn't even good in the KHL. But yes, do that. Do that. And piss off fans, piss off people in the hockey world, piss off people on your team possibly. And I know no one's going to step up and say anything because that's now how, not how hockey works. But that doesn't mean that everyone should condone it. And it's unsurprising coming from this team of all teams. Like, that's just it. Like, we get it. You don't care. We got it, Edmonton. Like, you don't give a shit at all. But, like, it's just unnecessary. If they wanted to say, this is one of the greatest players in the world and we're going to help them and rehabilitate them and whatever and give them a second chance because they earned it, I guess it's a different conversation. And even that, there's hurdles that you have to get to. But now to, to put your morals up in the air for a player who sucks. Let's just call it like it is. He sucks. He had, what, one good season where he scored some goals? Congratulations. It wasn't even sustainable then. Everybody knew it then at the time, but it had fun with it before they knew he wasn't a good person. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, this league sucks. The Oilers, they, they have to be building up really shitty karma. Like, I, I personally don't understand. Like, I don't think an aura cleansing is going to fix it. I think it's just they need a complete fresh start because clearly they don't know how to be good humans and build a good hockey team at the same time. Right now, they're doing the opposite of both. Sarah? Yeah, I have a few <laughs> comments on this situation. First of all, I thought Holland's statement about sorting out the moral issue for two weeks was hilarious. Um, it takes me a month to figure out what color I want to dye my hair, and I still haven't figured out if I want to go dark for the fall or stay blonde. And it's taking him two weeks to rationalize sexual assault. Like, I just, like, I don't, it's like, like, I don't even know how you say that. 
Like, I don't know how somebody He'll be says so that. blinded by his good play that all of a sudden everything else is gone and then the moral scale is tiffed? Like, what? He has to sort it out the moral issue in his mind. What's he going to do? And that's going to take time away from the actual good players at training camp he's trying to look at. So congrats. But I, I try so hard because it seems... Like, you're so right, Chana, when you said kind of all these players that aren't even that good, that get these opportunities, I'm like, I try so hard to rack my brain to figure out why that is. And I think I thought a lot about it with the Tony D'Angelo situation, obviously. And the Tony D'Angelo situation on paper worked out for the Hurricanes because they got to $1 million, one of the best value players on ice in the league, and then they get to flush it out and now everybody's their fan again. I think it does have to do with hockey culture. I mean, fucking obviously, but where it's like, oh, this man messed up and now like, oh, he's going to take one for the team and he's going to give it his all. And it's an underdog story where it's like, he's going to work hard and be one with the team. And we say we, not I, and press conferences and things like that. I, I think they love a rehabilitation story, especially when the player is bad. Cause it's like, oh my God, if they could be the ones to turn it around, like hey, we're going to make everybody forget that you ever sexually assaulted anyone, allegedly. Like, it's so messed up and it's it's embedded in white supremacy. I, I am not... So there's a connection somewhere that I'm still looking for, but I'll find it by the end of the season. Take two weeks to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Contemplate it at the same time. See who can come to an answer quicker. Come Give me on. two weeks. If you can figure it out in two weeks, you can be an NHL general manager. Yeah. You know Sarah's part of the we get this. When we get the, oh, that's, that's when we know Sarah fired up. Oh. I'm done with this team and we're not even done. I know, I was going to say, we, we still three. have more. In the yeah, hat trick. Oh, wait, there's more. So today, well, excuse me, the actual settlement was announced yesterday, I believe. Tuesday, if I'm not correct. Time is a flat circle. I don't know. It's hockey season. I only know game day, non-game day. That's where we're at. But Evander Kane uh, did have a judgment come out in terms of his settlement with the Sharks um, because, again, uh, they terminated his contract. He signed a new deal with the Edmonton Oilers last season. And so there were some legalities around the contract termination that needed to be sorted out from, by the league and from the league's perspective. Uh, the judgment came down. I don't know, it retroactively was effective. Shane understands it better than Sarah and I do. Um, but Evander Kane addressed the media today um, in reference to the settlement and said, quote, uh, this is from ESPN, quote, I'm happy it's over and done with. I don't want to get into it too much. It'll probably be in the Netflix doc when I'm done. End quote, parentheses, laughs. Oh, I added that. Oh, just to be Sarah clear, laughs. the way just to be he clear. looked, everybody needs to watch that video. The way he looked when he laughed just made me sick to my stomach. So Shana, can you first and foremost, because again, seriously, this is one of your million specialties. Can you walk us through why the settlement was necessary, what it actually means and doesn't mean, and then share your thoughts on these comments? So the Sharks said that um, Kane breached his contract when he broke COVID protocols. And this was the NHLPA filing a grievance on his behalf. Um, he was owed a lot of his contract. He had, I think, three years remaining at $7 million in cap space. So um, that was something that was going on that, if I remember right, could have affected him signing with another team. And then they pushed it off and allowed him to sign another contract. His contract was breached. But, you know, this settlement uh, still important for him. And, uh, you know, so he can be due his salary because we all know 
that some players need it more than others because when you do bad things, um, I'm sure bills pile up constantly. So I just think that the Oilers need to not and that's it. Like, just enough. <laughs> I've had enough of you. I'm done with you for the season. You can call me. Any Oiler fans listening right now, call me biased journalist. I don't give a shit the entire year. As it stands, I fucking hate your team. And it's going to take me so much to not. And I can see I'm an adult and I can talk about the on ice stuff without, you know, pumping Kane's tires if he does something good. Um because you can separate the two, but just know from a moral standpoint, I don't need two weeks to figure this out. I fucking dislike everything about your team and everything that they've done. And Evander Kane needs to shut the fuck up instead of rubbing it in everyone's faces because it's absolutely disgusting. And anybody that's sitting there, I just like, and, and going, oh, but it's funny. Oh, he made a joke. Sure, he made a joke, but like, this is a serious thing that he clearly doesn't take seriously, and he's had shit go on his entire career, and so much of the root of the problem is just his personality, and that just continues here, so I, I've had enough. I don't want another microphone in front of him the rest of the year. I don't want to know what he says. I don't want to know anything about him. I will watch play on the ice because that's all that matters from my standpoint because the moral ground is gone and nothing's changing that. Even if you adopt 3,000 puppies, it's not enough where they are right now. Literally, it's just like with that, it is what it is, right? The thing's settled. I appreciate him facing the media and facing the questions and what's done is done. So, okay, fair. But the way he made that joke, and I'm not one to not be okay with jokes about certain things, right? Like, okay, ha ha, funny. If he showed any remorse about even if he was, he actually didn't do any of the things that he has done right? And he has cleared his name. It's still not funny that these things happen to certain people. And he did fake a vaccination card and put people in danger and his team, whatever, like whatever. I don't think we're joking about it yet. It's, it's far too soon. I don't think, I don't remember an apology. So we're already moving on to the jokes. I just don't, the look on his face when he laughed was like evil to me. I'm just like, you are not sorry. Too, like now that this is settled and he has his money and he got his big salary from the Oilers that they had to give him, even if he wants to sit there and say he didn't do anything, now's the time to try to donate money maybe to a COVID foundation for people who maybe lost loved ones or dealing with medical care that they have to pay with. You have a lot of money, maybe put it there instead of another way that you might lose it. Uh, maybe donate to a women's shelter. Literally. Maybe do anything, do anything, try. Just like, it's not hard. Or hire better people who will try it for you because I don't know if it's gonna actually come from him. But like, it's so disappointing. The free PR we do for all of these teams and they can't even do it. Like. We, we tried, we tried Edmonton. We really did try. And yet here we are. All right, my friends. Uh, Let's, let's bring a little palate cleanser to this episode. Uh, we end every episode with our favorite game, Fuck, Mary Kill. And this week, this back to the season episode, we missed the memo that yesterday was National Defenseman Retire from the NHL Day. Um, but three significant players did announce their retirement. Uh, Keith Yandel, P.K. Subban and Zdeno Chara, all mainstay names in this league for a long, long time, have all announced that their NHL careers are done. And so literally in celebration of, of three outstanding campaigns, uh, 
we're gonna fuck Mary kill him. <laughs> so Sarah, you get to go first. I, I, I know where your heart's gonna start, I'm pretty sure. Fuck Mary Kill, Chara, Suban, Yandel. Who would you rather fuck? <laughs> I'm just sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna marry Zdeno Chara, obviously. I grew up watching him. I now feel old that he's retiring, but whatever it is, what it is. Um he I the more I was thinking about his career yesterday, it does feel like he retired to me when he left the Bruins, because I wish he just retired then. He did sign the one-day contract, whatever. Um he was able to transcend several decades of kind of differences in hockey and changes. And he was able, he had the Chara bomb where he could do that on the power play. He had the hardest shot ever and that he made it count. And he also was so like inquisitive of the younger players of what they do to stay in shape, what the next move is so that he could stay with it. And I just have so much respect for him. I know that he is notorious for, kind of coaching that locker room, if you will. And he refused to call rookies rookies. He called them first-year players because he didn't want anybody disrespected in the locker room. He's such a gentle giant. He had the pigeons that he would feed outside of um, the practice arena. And he, he has a great Instagram account, if anybody wants to look. But he's just such a kind, unique soul and such a legend that could play in so many versatile styles and god i love him i'll marry him i'm gonna fuck keith yandel because i think he could last for a long time he's an iron man um <laughs> does that i'm sorry um I, uh, I hate that i'm gonna kill pk Subban. pk i'm gonna kill you because you're a fashion killer okay and that's word to we'll asap rocky all right moving on shayna your turn Okay, I am going to marry Suvan. Um, his career, you know, his time in Montreal, I think so much got focused on, you know, the wrong things. And he, it's, he was a vibrant personality in their room, and he was exciting to watch. And the, his caliber play was incredible. You know, he was such a good player and on a team that was not very good. It was him and Carey Price at times, you know, as like the best players on that team. And I think of games where you would see him play 25 plus minutes and just be working his ass off. And those first couple years in Nashville, you know, he was really good too. And, you know, obviously things kind of changed and injuries weighed down his games and, you know, it didn't go as well at the end. But um, I appreciated watching him. He was someone... You know, he was one of my first hockey jerseys, actually, because I had, like, from all different teams. I had a Canadian Subban jersey. It was, like, one of the first ones I, like, got. I loved watching him. So I will marry that. Um, I will fuck Chara because, you know, I, I he, he lasted through different styles of play <laughs> and decades of play. And I think it's, you know, like, I you know, he he's a shutdown defenseman that in a way was one-dimensional. But, like, he was someone that until the very end really wasn't dragging down pairs with his style like you see others around the league and it was always interesting watching him and here's someone with the height and the reach it, it was always exciting to watch him and then of course he has the bomb of a slap shot so you know always appreciated that uh i am so surprised how it ended for him because i thought the islanders would kind of like extend his career in the barry trot system and it didn't work out which is so unfortunate and i will kill yandel uh there were he was so good in Arizona, and it kind of felt like it went south from there. Uh, his usage in New York was something else. Um, so that's what I will go with for that. Okay, so I will... Hmm, I will actually marry Keith Yandel, because Keith Yandel has seen some shit, and he put up with it. <laughs> he went to prep school for... with my brother. That says enough. 
<laughs> so that that makes him a good candidate for marriage if he's willing to put up with a lot of shit we'll uh particularly if it was someone I was that was going to have to marry me, that poor person would, yeah, would have some <laughs> patience and some tolerance for a lot. Um, so I will marry Yandel. I will... Oh, this is hard. Mm. Um, Sarah, I'm so sorry. I will fuck Subban just because I think he'd be fun. I think he's fun. I like that he allowed his personality to shine through. I like, you know, the things he did off the ice. I mean, I think everyone in the world sh saw or should have seen the Christmas video where he goes to the children's hospital. Um, so I think he's just, and you know, again, he was pushing style boundaries. He was doing different things. So I think it'd just be fun. I don't know if I could put up with that 24 seven, but we'll, we'll fuck him. And then oh, I'm sorry, by default, only by default, I have to, I have to kill Char, but I do love him anyway. Yeah, so. This is tough. Three beloved guys in the league. I know, I know. Um, well, that is our episode uh, for the week. Um, as we mentioned at the top, we are so excited to be back um, as part of the Meadowlark family. Um, Sarah, maybe you could just share with our listeners real quick just some of the, what we want to accomplish this season, what we're looking to do, and, and this show, our hopes are that we're only going to get better and better and better for you since, for sticking with us all this time. Yeah, we are so excited and thankful for Meadowlark for kind of keeping this going and we want to be back and better than ever. I'm going to fix my audio issues and stop looking like the Blair Witch Project over here. <laughs> I have more time to dedicate to this and the planning and hearing you guys out now and I did that on purpose. Like It, it means a lot to me. I want to invest in this and I want this to be a community of people like us, you know what I mean, who watch hockey and kind of look at the bullshit. And it, it's hard to watch hockey sometimes with all this stuff going on, but it is a sport we all love at, at the crux of it. And I want to have more discussions with you guys. We want to be a safe space for you and a fun space for you. And we're going to work on a few things that will try to encapsulate that, try to just be better. I don't know. What do you guys want to do? What do you what are your goals for the year? Wow, goals? We're setting goals? goals. I want to talk mm. shit and watch hockey. <laughs> exactly. The, the goal stays the same. We're gonna, I might try go. a little harder. There. We have to come up. Uh, my goal is for too many men to have an official drink. Okay. Oh. We discussed this. We need that, and we have to figure that out. We have to really brainstorm it. Okay. Well, I want I think more can... meetups and, like, yes. live things and interaction yes. with y'all. And, and listen, listeners, if there's something you want, like Sarah said, like, let us know. Um, which, speaking of which... Uh, you can find all of us as individuals on Twitter, but you can follow this show on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. Uh, we have links there in our bio to where you can find the show and where you can buy our merch, which is very cool. Fall is coming. Get your sweatshirt if you don't already have one or a delightful beverage container of your choice. Uh, please check out our website as well, toomanymenpodcast.com. Um, until next time, my friends, again, Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening to our craziness. Thank you for being great friends and supporters, even through the interwebs. Um, until we talk again next time, be nothing but good to one another. And hockey's a common, friends. Here we go. Love you. Bye. Bye.